you know, they have their ideas of making one-time donations or, you know, seeing an advertisement or a marketing campaign that kind of tugs on their heartstrings and, and they'll give a couple dollars to it. But, you know, really the, the story of impact and the story of development is we are still very far from where we need to be in terms of just really the financial commitments that are that are being made. And it's it's kind of that point in particular that Topple and kind of myself, my own impact journey, enter enter the conversation. Hey everybody, Tanner here with Wagner Ventures. On today's episode, we have Chris Georgian, founder and managing director at Topple. For anyone who's new, this is the Wagner Ventures podcast where we do snapshots with interesting founders from across Web3. Check out wagreventures.io to learn more about the syndicate behind the podcast. But for now, let's get into it with Chris from Topple. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm here today with Chris Georgian, uh, founder and managing director at Topple. Chris, how's it going today? Doing well, Tanner. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. It's a wonderfully cold day here in Austin, but excited to be part of the conversation. Yeah, I'm excited to chat. So why don't we just jump in? Uh, how about you just tell us a little bit about yourself and a little more about your journey uh, leading up to to creating what you're creating at Topple? Yeah, absolutely. So I found myself falling down the well, we didn't call it Web3 back then, but you know, basically the Bitcoin and blockchain rabbit hole actually all the way back in 2012 when I was at university, had some friends that had fallen down that path before me. Um, I found myself getting involved, you know, mining, trading. Uh, when the Ethereum testnet started coming out, I started playing around with Solidity, all, you know, just very casual, very very hobby focused. I got involved in my first Web3 startup in 2015, actually much more on on the fintech side of things. So a little different than than where I am now, but we were doing payments, uh, like customer payments for local retailers. So we like worked with coffee shops and food trucks and all sorts of local businesses to provide mobile payments, actually built out on the Ethereum blockchain, coupled together with like customer engagement, customer loyalty, a whole marketing platform that we had built out there as well. Uh, did that for two years, sold off the IP for that, and then started finding myself involved in conversations at the intersection of blockchain and actually development finance and sustainable finance. So it was around the time that the the World Bank, the UN, a few other development banks and development groups were really starting to ask the question whether or not this new technology would be valuable for them, valuable for them in like tracking global supply chains or working with local farmers in disadvantaged regions of the world or to help countries and uh, corporations get further with their carbon commitments. So I was lucky enough to be a part of a lot of the working groups that got spun up around that time and was usually posed, you know, two main questions. The first of those being is, you know, is blockchain relevant here? Should we even be considering this technology? Can it do anything for us? Was usually able to answer that one in the positive, but then, you know, naturally led to the follow-up question of, well, then which blockchain, which tech in particular should we go with? 
never really had an answer to that. And that was, you know, really that failure to give an answer there is what led to led to the creation of Topple. So I am, um, you know, 10 years, I guess, in the startup space and all of those thus far, at least have been spent in, in Web3. Interesting. Yeah, I love it. So can you give us a little more context for what I'll, I'll basically just call the impact movement broadly construed, right? Whether it's ESG mm-hmm. or the UN development goals, et cetera, et cetera. Help us understand where it's gone well, where it's maybe missed the mark, and then, and then maybe sit, situate Topple within that story a bit. Yeah, absolutely. So as you could probably imagine, it is a very, very broad space, a lot of different perspectives some strengths, some weaknesses, definitely the most tangible of those areas. And the one that I think, you know, especially those of us that might be in the US or in Europe or, you know, a lot of those other, let's call them global north areas are most familiar with is going to be carbon is going to be sustainability. So carbon credits have, they've had some successes, they've had some failures, but I think they've definitely broken through in a pretty powerful way in that People are able to talk about them. People are under able to understand them. People have like this very quantified idea and quantifiable idea of there is a ton of carbon and I can pay to avoid that ton of carbon. I can pay to remove that ton of carbon. And in a lot of ways, the rest of the impact space really looks at carbon, I would say, like with a little bit of envy, both from the perspective of, hey, we've got something here that's really, really easy to quantify. And we've also had something here that has been able to kind of really break into the the public zeitgeist in a way that a lot of other areas of impact just just haven't been able to. People have, you know, they have their ideas of making one-time donations or, you know, seeing an advertisement or a marketing campaign that kind of tugs on their heartstrings and, and they'll give a couple dollars to it. But, you know, really the the story of impact and the story of development is we are still very far from where we need to be in terms of just really the financial commitments that are that are being made. And it's it's kind of that point in particular that topple and kind of myself, my own impact journey enter enter the conversation. Because this is something that really came to the forefront, I would say, over the last 20 years and really has picked up even more in the last 10. This idea of making impact sustainable, not sustainable in like climate sense, but sustainable in an economic sense. There's a lot of attempted innovation. There's a lot of conversation in the impact space about like, how can we get away from this model of one-time donations or one-time grants and actually create development projects or create impact projects that are able to be profitable and you're able to take that money out of like the first time you run the cycle and use that to fund further impact, further development. So this idea of like making impact economically sustainable is one of the areas that we think blockchain can really can really do a lot for that space. Yeah, super interesting. Okay, so Topple has a variety of solutions and offerings and and really like a broad set of possibilities, I think is how I understand Topple. And so mm-hmm. I'm curious for those various stakeholders you serve, maybe could you talk a little bit about uh, what's available or what's possible for those stakeholders through uh, what Topple's built? Absolutely. So so at our core, Topple is actually, we are our own blockchain protocol. We consider ourselves a, a modular layer zero. We basically you know, started the engineering exercise five years ago of saying, 
if we were to build a blockchain for positive impact, if we were to build a blockchain for global inclusivity, what sort of design choices, what sort of engineering choices would we be making? And really every engineering decision that we've made over the last five years has been informed by that. So we have our core blockchain offering, our core blockchain protocol, and we have a number of groups already. It's about 40 to 50 right now that are either live or in development on, on top of the protocol. We have groups that are building out traceability, uh, supply chain traceability applications. So there are groups that are saying, hey, we want to help retailers. We want to help uh, commodity groups to be able to track and trace the products that they're moving around the world to make sure that they're getting their sustainability goals or that they have fair labor practices. Those things are being built on our blockchain. We have you know, the beginnings of some financial inclusion and some you know, global SME financing opportunities that are being built out on the chain. So there's some fintechs that are using the technology. There's a number of, you know, carbon tech or climate tech players that are building out their their solutions on top of the top of blockchain. Actually, some of the more interesting ones, we've got a couple of groups that really sit at like the intersection of gamification and carbon tech. So just like at asking the question, how can we make consumers, how can we make, we make individuals more aware of and more interested in, you know, the behaviors that we all have in our day-to-day life that may be, you know, very carbon emitting or maybe carbon avoiding, trying to add like cool gamification elements to that. So we've got that core underlying blockchain. But blockchain, you know, I think as everyone knows, has always had this, uh, or at least to date has had this almost a little bit of of an echo chamber in that like all of us that are in the space, we're super, super excited about it. Um, And when you've got a group of people in a room together, that are all so, so excited about it. um, It can be hard and we can oftentimes just forget to, you know, try to open the doors or try to open the windows to to get more people in uh, because, you know, blockchain is not always the most inviting. It can be it can be scary. It can be hard. And, you know, we all had a fight up a pretty steep learning curve to to get to where we are in the space. So, you know, with that idea in mind, we said, hey, we've got this underlying technology, but let's start building out some of our own products on top of it as well. So last year, we launched actually our own traceability solution. So we now ourselves are working directly with retailers, with brands, with commodity players to say, hey, you don't have to build your application on our blockchain, but we have a pre-built application powered by the top of blockchain that you can just sign up to, and we're going to be launching something similar in the carbon space. Um, actually, it looks like later this year. So groups that want to issue carbon credits, they don't need to build out their own application. They can come and just find something pre-built for them. Very cool. So I'd love to take a step back. What were some of the earliest challenges at Topple and how have you and your team solved for those challenges? Yeah. So when we were thinking about the beginning of Topple, one of the, one, I think the core decisions, and I think a lot of projects, especially around the time that Topple was getting started, had to go through was how far, you know, how far down the path do you go in building out your own technology? And that, you know, that game of trade-offs of taking something that's maybe already off the shelf, you know, forking the Geth code base, so forking Ethereum or doing something with like the Cosmos SDK, we needed to weigh that against actually throwing everything out, going from scratch and really building our own chain. So that decision point is, is obviously a major decision point for 
for topple. And one of the things, the earliest challenges that we had to wrestle with was this idea actually of trying to make a blockchain that was more inclusive. And so as people may be familiar with, proof of stake has really come a long way in the last couple of years. Most people now trust it to actually be secure, which you know wasn't actually the case when it start, first started coming onto the scene. People had a lot of concerns that proof of work would always be safer, would always have less security vulnerabilities than proof of stake did. Luckily, those concerns have pretty much all been uh, proven to be false. But what we've instead ended up is a bit of a centralizing factor, I would say, in proof of stake blockchains in that like we have we have to have minimums for someone to delegate or we have to have minimums to actually run a node or to to be a staker with this idea that we really wanted to be a be an impact forward blockchain. Obviously, that idea of inclusivity and actually leveling the playing field for everyone involved was important to us. And we really went on basically a three-year research expedition of saying, can we have secure proof of stake with absolutely no minimums? Can you run a node safely if you only have like one single token in your wallet and actually want to be able to fully participate in that process? So that was a major research challenge, a major engineering challenge that, you know, we've only actually, you know, been able to bring to fruition, I would say, in the last year, but we're super, super excited about that but then also just the idea of you know getting our names um out there the blockchain space especially when when prices are good can be a very loud space a lot of hype in the space and we've sure. i think always taken a bit of a different path in saying hey let's just kind of focus on the people that are using our blockchain let's focus on our partnerships for a while let's actually figure out what it is we're building is there value in what we're building and then you know Kind of holding for a later date that whole community marketing all the hype things that are important but you know maybe those can be put off and for a bit of a later date yeah i love it that makes a lot of sense so i'm curious to similar uh similar question you know there's challenges and then there's surprises right early stage there's just things that happen that you're not expecting and so i'm curious what stood out as most surprising in your work building topple thus far I think what we found, one of the things that I found most surprising, and it's a very pleasant surprise, is the blockchain space continues to be just absolutely incredibly, incredibly collaborative. It's collaborative even at times when it almost doesn't make sense for us to be so friendly and so collaborative with (laughs) each other, um, which is like really awesome. And I think really says a lot about the movement that we all want to be creating. But there have just been a number of like technological partnerships that we found along the way where we are able to rely on each other's research or we're able to integrate and build on top of other open source code to actually integrate into our system to just give something better. So, you know, kind of a couple examples of that. Uh, About three or four years ago, we struck up a conversation with Digital Assets, which is a a blockchain or a DLT group based in New York, they have this like absolutely amazing smart contract language that had only been used really in big enterprise settings with private chains. But we kind of discovered together that you can use that smart contract language, super secure, super performant, actually as a layer two solution on top of an underlying public blockchain like Topolis. We're doing, you know, work with I think six different chains right now to try to create an interoperability protocol specifically for carbon credits. And all of the us in this little working group, we're all 
layer one chains. We all theoretically should be trying to compete with each other, but um, we've been at a number of refi and sustainability events and really just said, hey, interoperability is really holding back the, the adoption and the utility of refi. You know, let's see if we can solve that problem. Let's see if we can actually start issuing carbon credits in such a way that they can actually pass seamlessly ar around all six of these change, which have like super different architecture, but we're all committed to this idea of partnership and this idea of collaboration. Love it. Yeah. Super interesting. So I'm, I'm getting a sense that this is a, this is a broad set of activities. There's, there's a lot of activity going on with Topple. Um, I'm curious if you had to kind of narrow down, like what does Topple understand about impact-driven blockchain building in 2023 that others may not perceive or recognize as important? I think one of the things that we've really discovered, you know, discovered along the way is making blockchains, the level of accessibility required if you're trying to onboard new developers and new projects into the space is quite different than if you're working with developers who have, you know, been working with Solidity for a couple of years, have already built out, you know, three DeFi projects and are already on to their fourth one. Pretty much all the groups that we work with that are coming onto our chain are very interested in blockchain, very excited by it, but oftentimes we represent their their first blockchain build or their first blockchain application. And, you know, I think that's really pushed us in terms of how accessible, how easy to use we need to make everything. And, you know, we've made, I think, a couple interesting like design decisions along the way in that, like you can mint assets completely natively, um, fungible assets, non-fungible assets, semi-fungible assets, like on the chain directly, because when we were trying to present smart contracts for this basic functionality to people, there was a lot of confusion. It really kind of slowed their onboarding process. And then we said, hey, can we just like take this? It's super, super common. Everyone coming to use blockchain needs to mint their own tokens. Let's see if we can actually like put that down at the chain level. So I definitely say being more in the refi space as opposed to the DeFi space where you have newer developers, less blockchain knowledgeable developers coming in, um, accessibility and ease of use is absolutely paramount. Love it. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the $1 million inaugural grant program that was announced last August, because that's that's a little bit of time ago, but I'm, I'm curious yeah. some of the catalysts behind that and also how that's been going the past several months. It's been a obviously turbulent several months. And so, you know, I think I'm just curious, um, both, yeah, origin and then, and then traction mm -hmm. of that. Absolutely. So, you know, from an origin perspective, I think we've probably seen that for for new protocols or for groups that are trying to attract builders grants programs are are pretty common i'd say what's uncommon and what was a little bit different and one of the unique motivations for our approach is we knew we wanted to start small i've seen a lot of groups that you know they you have a big treasury and you want to start using that treasury right away and you're like hey we've got this great opportunity we've got this money we've got this technology i want to bring everyone to that technology but almost everything in scaling a startup has growing pains and regardless of the teams we build or anything like that um our first attempt at anything is never going to be perfect so one of the things that we said is we'd rather you know, learn with a million dollar grant program as opposed to wait two years 
um, and then try to do that learning with a $100 million grant program. We said, let's start small, let's learn the lessons, and let's use those lessons to be more successful when we actually have bigger pools of funding to, to be able to work with. So that was really the motivation of saying, hey, start small, let's learn the lessons, and let's grow from there. Um, from how it's been going, I would say it has been going remarkably well. We've had uh, we had about a hundred applicants for this first round. We narrowed it down, and we'll be announcing actually about ten or so recipients over the coming weeks. We're just going through contract negotiations and the like with all those grantees. But we, quite honestly, were completely blown away by the quality, by the breadth, by the variety of projects that were that were interested in taking their impact projects into web3 i had the you know call it the fortune call it the misfortune of i think this will be like my third crypto winter if we want to call it a crypto winter and every single time well i guess going back to surprises i've been surprised by how little developer activity actually fades um yeah you don't get the marketing cycles yeah you don't get the news coverage compared to when the price is really good. But I've seen almost every time that developers stick around, new developers keep coming in, new projects get started, regardless of what the price is. Fascinating, yeah. So kind of moving towards a conclusion here, I'm curious, what does the world look like in, say, three years, if Topple has continued to execute and you know build these partnerships, find applications, you know, what's different in the world because Topple has existed? Yeah, absolutely. So three years, you know, I think great timeline for a question like this. So first things first is Topple, you know, right now we're a pretty traditional looking company. We are actually working very hard this year to go through our own DAOification, go through our own decentralization event. So obviously, you know, that's taken up a lot of time, a lot of energy in terms of what we're focused on. But looking at at outside impact, I'd say one of the most exciting things that we're working on right now that I expect to start bearing fruit on, you know, that three-year timeline is um, we refer to them as impact tokens or impact credits. So I mentioned kind of early on this idea that carbon credits were really, in some ways, the envy of the rest of the impact space because you were able to quantify them. And once you can quantify something, you can tokenize it. And once you can tokenize it, you can have a market around it. So we've got these carbon credits that are being traded around, have a price, are a great way to, to bring dollars into, into that sustainability problem. What we're working on right now with about 10 other organizations around the world is, can we take that idea of tokenizing and turning into an asset carbon, can we expand that idea to other areas of impact? So I'd say, you know, if we're successful in this endeavor, you'll start seeing other impact markets that look a lot like carbon credits that people are able to to buy, to sell, to invest in. But instead of just being able to do that with carbon, you can do that with all different forms of impact. We're working with groups in health and sanitation in the global south. We're working with gender equity groups. We're even working with peace and conflict groups to see you know, how we can better quantify, tokenize, and drive investment towards um, peace and conflict resolution. Love it. This is fascinating. So Chris, two last questions here. Um, first question, what would be your most generalizable advice for founders building in the Web3 space? This 
building in any space or building a new startup in any space is going to come with, with a lot of ups and downs and web three in a lot of ways only amplifies that it can be incredibly incredibly easy even actually as a founder in such an exciting space like web3 to like really get bad fomo so you'll hear about you know such and such project raised around or such and such project just did this and you can feel like you can feel constantly like you're behind or you can feel constantly like you've missed the boat and it's you know you just kind of have to develop a bit of a mantra that as long as you're moving forward as long as you're making you know the best decisions you possibly can for your business yes it's good to be aware of everything else that's happening but it's not a race and just because someone did their token sale yesterday does not mean you have to do your token sale or your series b tomorrow um avoid the fomo however possible the the fomo is very very real in the space as a founder love it yeah Okay, Chris, what is your team working on right now? And what's the best way for people to follow along in the journey? Yeah, so what we're working on right now is, as I mentioned, we are working on this idea of creating impact credits and creating impact markets beyond just carbon. So that's something we're, we're super excited about. So if there are any impact organizations or any sustainability organizations that are you know, wrestling with this question of how can we tokenize our positive impact? How can we find new financial models or economic models to to power what we're doing? You know, those are groups that we that we love to to collaborate with. At the same time, we are, as I mentioned, gearing up for our own decentralization. So in the coming months, we will be launching a series of incentivized test nets and bug bounties, and you know, kind of for everyone that is in the web three space and you know interested in trying to answer how maybe the technology could be used for, for positive change in the world um you know we're growing the community to to support exactly that to to have ideas shared along those fronts um i'd say in terms of getting in touch with us our discord is definitely the most active we'll make sure to share that link um so everyone can have it but yeah reach out on discord you can reach out to me on twitter we'll share that as well, but uh, Discord's the big one for us right now, really making an investment on that front. Very cool. Chris, thank you so much for the time. I, I personally love what you guys are working on and I, I hope it continues to flourish and uh, hope, you're, hope the rest of the week finishes up well. So thanks again and have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for having me, Tana. This was a lot of fun.